Thank you, Renee and the worship team. Um, just a beautiful time of worship and being able to centre on the Lord and that's always good, isn't it? Uh, be able to be refreshed as we worship together. That's one of the ways I think we can drink in of the Spirit of God is in worship. And uh, this morning before, um, as I was eating breakfast, I does anybody remember the wonderful gospel singer Steve Green? He sang a song that has deeply touched my life called No Other Name. And uh, if you can uh, get on YouTube and watch that, it'll move you immensely. Uh, there is no other name other than the name of Jesus. And, uh, and we're here this morning, um, worship team and preacher and all of us here for one purpose and that is to exalt him and to lift him up and to draw from him everything that we need. And so uh, let me pray and then we'll kick off. Father, thank you. Thank you for your great love for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you that you protect us and you provide for us. Thank you that we are surrounded by your love. And into our lives, Father, flow rivers of grace, of mercy, of kindness and of goodness. And thank you, Father, in saving us through the most precious blood of our Lord. You have filled us with your spirit. And that that your spirit releases within us so much joy and peace and love. And we thank you for that. We know that apart from him, we are nothing. Uh, and apart from his saving grace, uh, we were sinners lost. So thank you, Lord. And I pray that through the power of your spirit, your dear spirit, that you would exalt Jesus, not only in my words, Lord, but as your spirit just penetrates into all of our thoughts and our thinking and our meditation. I know, Lord, the enemy will want to distract. That's his job. And he's really good at it. And yet, Father, you are more supreme and sovereign and your spirit, I pray, will keep us focused. And not only to hear words, but to ask the question, what are you saying to me, Father? What is it that you want me to do? So I ask, Lord, for such a gracious and powerful move of your spirit in all of our hearts and lives. Pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> um, well, look, forgive me if uh, you've heard all this before. Well, not all of it, <laughs> but if you've heard um, what I'm about to say. During our time uh, living in New Zealand, and we were there for about 11 years, and our kids all basically grew up over there and you know we went there with two children and came back with four. Be fruitful and multiply. Well, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed that. You know, it was good. <laughs> and uh, so we just had a wonderful time in New Zealand and during our time there, God just did amazing work uh, in our lives, personally and as a family. 
just works of grace and of kindness and of goodness. But you know, there was a period of time when uh, not long after the Lord uh, got us out of McDonald's and I was working uh, with World Vision and um, something was beginning to unsettle me uh, in, in my spirit. Not a horrible thing by any means but a, a deep longing and thirsting after Christ. Um, this was purely of the grace of God. Nothing that I was doing. Uh, it was, I was not worthy of what he was doing, this, this new work in me. Strangely enough, he was doing the same work in Robin independent of one another, God was stirring in our heart. And you know what that's like. You have been in those places as well. When someone asked me to describe it, all I could say was like God was dumping salt <laughs> all over my spirit. Bucket loads of it. No matter what I did, I couldn't satisfy this thirst that was growing more intense day by day. Even as I spent long times in prayer and around the word of God, yet still, all that seemed to do was throw more salt on it. I was hungering and panting and thirsty, a little bit like the deer in the Psalms, you know, as a deer pants for streams of water, of refreshing water. That's what my soul was like. And Robin and I spoke with one another and, and said, well, what's going on here? A dear friend of ours in the church was a, a charismatic Pentecostal lovely man, loved him dearly and his wife and he's now with the Lord. And I spoke to him, I shared with him and he said to me, as any true Pentecostal brother and sister would say, you need to be filled with the Spirit, Graham. And I said, Bill, I, I am filled with the Spirit. <laughs> I mean, Ephesians tells me that as soon as I give my heart and life to Christ, I'm stamped, I'm sealed as belonging to God. <laughs> right there. <laughs> or there. <laughs> belonging to God. And that the God has given me his Holy Spirit as a guarantee, as an, as an inheritance against everything that, that, that is mine through Christ. And he said, yeah, but I really sense God is just wanting to refresh you. He just wants to pour his spirit into your heart in a new way. So, and yeah, thanks, Bill. Bless you. That doesn't help. So he said, but if you need me, give me a call. Well, um, I went about doing my normal stuff of, of working and of father and husband and children and going to sports and <laughs> you know what it's like <laughs> and, uh, and yet God just kept just uh, you know, dumping salt all over my spirit 
until in the end, one Friday afternoon, I was in the office, I picked up the phone, I phoned Robin, no mobiles, sorry. It was called a phone, <laughs> you know, dunk, 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 or <coughs> like this. And I phoned Robin and I said, Rob, we've, we've got to go to Bill and Nolene's tonight. And she said, yeah, <laughs> let's. So I phoned Bill and I said, Bill, can we come? He said, yeah, 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 by all means, come around and we'll, we'll pray for you. Well, that night, uh, Bill and Nolene prayed for Robin and I. And the streams of living water just cascaded down upon us. And that night was one of the most significant nights and days and times in my whole Christian experience. I just plunged my head into that water and drank and drank and drank. It was a very significant time because not long following that, God called us back to Australia and we needed every bit of spiritual power that we could possibly have. We needed all the grace of God that God could give to us and he gives abundantly that we could get through the several months that lay before us. And I believe that he specifically chose to, to renew us and to refresh us by filling us anew and afresh with his Holy Spirit. Jesus, on the last and greatest day of the Feast of Tabernacles, stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. The Feast of Tabernacles or Booths referred to at the very beginning of this chapter, chapter 7 of John, was celebrated in Jerusalem. It was the third most important feast in the Jewish calendar. It was Pentecost, uh, Passover and Pentecost and the Feast of Tabernacles. Picture the scene with me, if you would. Thousands upon thousands of pilgrims jamming into Jerusalem. This was a sacred festival and all the males needed to go up to Jerusalem and their whole families. So we're talking not only of the 
inhabitants of, of Jerusalem, the residents of Jerusalem, but now we're talking about a great influx of pilgrims, thousands of them, thousands upon thousands of them, all into Jerusalem. It's a sacred assembly and for seven days families would live in what could be best described as a shack, a booth that the Lord had commanded that they should build as a remembrance of their journeying through the wilderness. So here you get the picture. We've got thousands upon thousands of people all crammed, jammed together and they're all living in these shacks. And they're doing that for seven days. They're celebrating. They're, they're gathered to remember and to celebrate God's deliverance out of Egypt and his provision for them as they journeyed through the wilderness. This was a festival of great joy, of great celebration. Each day during the feast, the priest would lead a procession carrying a golden pitcher of water drawn from the pool of Siloam. And this great procession would go out to this pool. The priest would fill up this great golden um, vase or, or carrier and then they would all find their way back to the temple again. And then he would pour water at the base of the altar while at the same time at the other end of the altar another priest would pour wine at the base of the altar. Oh, are you smelling this? Are you getting this picture? Wow! And then he would pray. He would pray for rain, for water. Because without water, there would be no crops. Without water, there would be no life. And people were aware. They knew that this ceremony was all about looking into the future when God would pour out his spirit upon all people. A little bit like what Joel was prophesying. But they knew that this pouring out, this ceremony, was what Isaiah had said. God speaking through Isaiah, I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields and I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. And in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 30, 13, with joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. In that wonderful day you will sing, thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the nations what he has done. Let them know how mighty he is. You know, when I recently preached from John 6, we, we saw that Jesus claimed to be what? The living bread that came down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. Jesus was the fulfillment of the manna that God supplied to his people as they journeyed through the wilderness. 
that not only sustained Israel in the wilderness, but brothers and sisters, the bread of life, Jesus sustains us in the journey of our lives. It's Jesus that sustains us. So now, on this last day of the feast, Jesus claims to be the source, the very essence of the living water, the fountain of life, the wellspring of life to all who would come to him and drink. In other words, he was fulfilling in every way the feast of the tabernacle. He was the fulfillment of that. Everything that that feast symbolized was in Jesus. And now, he stands on the steps of the temple and he cries out with a loud voice because don't forget, we've got thousands of people here. We've got all kinds of animals. We've got all kinds of noise and, and traffic happening and Jesus stands on the, te- the temple steps and he cries out in a loud voice, if anyone, anyone who is thirsty may come to me, Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Do you think he just cried that out once? Oh no. No, no, no. He stood there and he's trying to connect with all these people as they're toing and throwing. And he sees that they're desperately thirsty. And he's standing on the steps of the temple, crying out with a loud voice, Come to me, anyone who's thirsty, and drink. And from within you, rivers of living water will burst forth. You know, one time I was in India, and we were preaching the gospel And we were going from one place to another place in the car. And at any moment, my dear brother Moen would say, stop the car, brother, get out and preach. I would say, what? What, just get out and preach? Yes, brother, get out and preach. So with all fear, oh man, I would get out and I would stand there And I would start the call out. Hey! (laughs) Hey! I've got a great message for you. And within minutes, 200, 300, 400 people sometimes would be gathering. And on one occasion, he said to me, Brother, hop out and preach. And I looked, and I looked at him, and I said to him, Moan, it's a... It's a Hindu temple. He said, that's all right, brother. Stand on the steps of the Hindu temple and proclaim Christ. (laughs) So I climbed the steps and I thought, any minute we're going to get stoned to death. (laughs) 
And I stood there and with the grace of God and with all fear, I was able to preach the word of God and Moen translated. When we had finished the message, we called people forward to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior, to place their faith in Jesus who alone could save them, that Jesus who alone could give them life. Am I getting excited this morning? I think I am. He is the bread of life. He is the water, the living water. And out of the midst of these people, and many of them came forward, came the Hindu priest. And we thought, "Uh uh-oh. And he stood there and he asked Moan, he said to Moan, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I want to tell you, the gospel is the power of God under salvation for everyone who believes. It is the power of God. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. My goodness. This may seem an insignificant thing to you. I'm talking about a Hindu priest here. Great in his society and his community. Yet hit with the word of God and the power of the love of God expressed through Jesus. And he gives his life to him. Two years later, I was in that same region and I inquired of the believers there because for two years I didn't know what happened to this Hindu priest. And I said to one of the pastors, Brother, do you remember when we were here last and, and we, we preached and the Hindu? And he said, Oh, yes, brother, I do remember. I said, Tell me about the Hindu priest. Oh, he's a wonderful brother. Preaches the word of God with all the power of God. Oh, man. <laughs> My heart leapt just to hear that. Jesus stood on the steps of the temple and cried out with a loud voice, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. Come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scripture declares living uh, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And verse 39, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him, were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Man, this is an astonishing claim. This is a wild claim. This is way off the scale claim. No mere human could make such a promise that if you're thirsty... Come to me and drink and I will cause rivers of living water to flow out of your innermost being. Tell me, tell me who except God could legitimately make such a claim? There's no one. There's no one. Let's take a quick look at this glorious invitation and the promise that comes from it as well. First, 
Look at the breadth of the invitation. Christ's offer is open to all. Anyone. That's what Jesus is saying. Anyone. 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 Thousands of people toing and froing. Anyone. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're the priest. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a pauper or if you're a great wealthy person. It doesn't matter if you're the, the worst of sinners or you're the greatest of saints. Anyone. Anyone. The breadth and the broadness of this invitation. Anyone. And it's still that same invitation is extended to anyone. Anyone out there. And you may think, I don't know, perhaps, you know, and I won't assume anything, but you may think that this morning, yeah, but that invitation's for everyone else but not me. Not me. Surely Jesus means everyone else but me. You know, during my ministry at Padstow, every Wednesday we, we had a, a very laid-back service for a wonderful, wonderful group of, of folk. For the majority, they were the unemployed, the addicted, the marginalised, the disadvantaged. They were a wonderful bunch of people. I used to love preaching there on a Wednesday morning because somebody would shout out at the back, Are you bleep, 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 bleep? At least I knew what they were thinking. Sometimes I wonder, <laughs> what are you guys thinking? <laughs> At least I knew what they were thinking. Oh, great bunch of people. I love them dearly. And we had some really good times. And these dear folk were the thirstiest, thirstiest of the thirstiest. When I wrote that, I thought, that's not English. But you know what I mean, don't you? Nothing could quench their thirst. They tried everything. They were broken and wounded. And to try and heal that brokenness and within them, they, they were addicted to all kinds of things. They couldn't get satisfaction. There was, there was just an emptiness within them. And don't you know, don't you love it that, that God has put that in us? You know, Ecclesiastes 3, that God has put eternity in there, in our hearts, there's a space, isn't there, Jenny? In our hearts, within us, that only God can fill. It's the God space. Oh, you know that. And until he fills that space, we're just wandering around. We think we're living, but we're dying. We're shriveling up inside. And at an appropriate time during the, our time together, either myself or one of the team who was preaching, they would, they would lift up the person of Jesus and say, it's only Jesus that can save you. It's only Jesus that can give you life. It's only Jesus that can give you that joy in your heart. Only Jesus can sort out your mess. Praise his name, hey, that Jesus didn't say, if anyone's thirsty, keep digging and eventually you'll hit water. Hey? 
Didn't say that at all. And, and he didn't say, if anyone's thirsty, let them first clean up their lives. Because truly, if he did that to me, I wouldn't be standing here today. God only knows where I would be. I have an idea, believe me, because I know my life before Christ. And I know my journey. And I know where I could have been. And I tell you this, uh, if you could join me sometime in my prayer life, I stand before God and I say to him, God, if it not been for your grace, I know where I would be. But hold the phone. You do as well. Come on, get honest. You know exactly where you'd be had it not been for his grace and it had not been for the fact that you heard his voice saying, if you're thirsty, come to me, come to me and drink. And from within you, from the very depths of you, from your stomach, from your belly, Jesus is saying, from the very core of who you are, the living waters of the Spirit will burst forth. I praise God that a few of these folk came to Jesus and became believers and they, they drank and they're still drinking and some of them have died and are with the Lord now and they weren't that old. The invitation that Jesus gives extends to each and every one of us. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus and drink. And no one's excluded. But did you notice that there is a condition of the promise? You must be thirsty. You must be thirsty. Jesus cries out, if anyone is thirsty... You have to be thirsty for God. Now at first glance, being thirsty for God seems easy enough, eh? <laughs> I could ask you this morning and, and say, to you, are you thirsty? And, and you might say, oh Graham, stick my head in a trough, let me drink. I am thirsty. And it seems easy, doesn't it? But it's not easy. And why isn't it easy? Well, because of the problem of sin. And I... I, I I know that for you and I, our sins are forgiven through Christ, but perhaps there's something that's still got hold of you. Or perhaps there's this uh, pride in us. And believe you me, God has had to deal with so much pride in my life. And as he finished, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm the biggest spiritual head you ever want to come across. He's still dealing with that stuff in me. What about you? So when are you going to let it go? When are you going to give it up? And sometimes those kinds of things dam up, dam up the free flow of the Holy Spirit into our lives. And we're thirsty, we want to drink and we're saying, yes Lord, yes Lord, yes Lord, let me drink. But the Lord's saying, no, 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 deal with this first and then come and drink. Come and drink. 
a little bit like Jesus saying, you know, if you've got something against a brother or a sister, deal with that first and then come and worship. You know, then come to me saying, deal with this stuff first. Get that rubbish out of the road. Make a clear path to me. And then you can come and drink. Because there is a condition. You've got to be thirsty. And you've got to believe. John Piper's dad, who was an evangelist, told him that the most difficult thing was not getting people saved, but getting them lost. In other words, people don't sense their desperate need for Christ. They don't feel thirsty for him. They don't sense it. They may think that success or status or money or fame or pleasure and you know the list that goes on and on. You've heard it from a pulpit a zillion times. We think that if we gather that kind of stuff then that will satisfy this. But I tell you, for Christians, for you and I, brother and sister, it's only intimacy and closeness and connection and walking with Jesus every day, that's what will fill us with contentment and satisfaction and give us peace and joy and hope and power. Poor old King Solomon, he tried it, didn't he? He concluded, having indulged himself with all kinds of activities, He's tried to find the answer to life's big questions. What's the meaning of life? Monty Python, no. What's the meaning of life? Why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I here? Why are you here? What's the meaning of it all? And so Solomon sets out on a quest to find the answer for that. You know the story. And he comes to the conclusion that without God in your life, it's nothing but smoke. This is the message translation. It's nothing but smoke. Smoke and spitting in the wind. And who knows when you spit in the wind. I used to do it as a young person. You know, wind down the window of the car at 80 kilometres an hour. Oh, duh. Or my mate in the back seat. Oh, a whore, <laughs> it's, it's like that. It's like spitting into the wind. It's Get it back in your face. And someone goes on this. There was nothing. There's nothing to any of it without God in your life. Without these rivers of living water flowing out of it, it's nothing. It's nothing without Jesus and without you and I in that intimate and close relationship with him. And, and truly, that's not up to God, that's up to me and it's up to you. Without that, it is... It, Man, it's an uphill push. Are you thirsty for God this morning? Am I, is, is the Holy Spirit dumping salt all over you while I'm spitting all over you? Is he doing that? Oh, I hope so. Because I want to tell you, all week I prayed that that would be happening. The first step, uh, you know, 
if you'll just let me help you for a second. The first step is to realise that that we are really guilty, empty, needy sinners in desperate need of being saved. And we know that. And that Jesus alone saves me and that he alone can heal and, and throw water and irrigate my life with his spirit. And once you recognise your thirst for God, the good news is this, that Jesus will freely give you the water of life in full abundance to drink. It took me a while, guys, to realise what God was saying to me. Go back to my story. It took me a while. Spiritually, I'm as thick as two bricks, let me tell you. No, probably more than two bricks. But you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes I just don't get it. Is that your experience as well? You know, God's tap dancing all over you, but you know, you just don't get it. He's just talking so much powerfully into your ear, your spiritual ear. Uh, what? You just don't get it because, oh, geez, I'm busy. Or I've got to do things, I've got stuff, or whatever it might be. We just don't hear him. We don't feel. Um, isn't he so gentle and good, but it's just the gentle nudge. It's just the elbow in the ribs. <laughs> oh. Oh. To try and get our attention. And it took me a while to understand that he was saying, Graham, 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 just, just come. <laughs> That's all I want you to do. I want you to come and drink. It's no big deal, Graham. Jesus, come and drink. And so by his grace, I was able to, to come and to him and to drink. Okay, let me wrap it up. Uh, yeah, well, I was supposed to have a slide there, but not to worry. <laughs> when Jesus said, living water, he was speaking about the spirit. Okay, so we could probably, yeah, there you go. It's up there, verse 39. He was speaking about the spirit uh, who would be given to everyone who believed in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Pardon me, uh, we know that he's entered into his glory. And we know that following his resurrection from the dead and his subsequent ascension into heaven, which is recorded in Acts chapter 1 and verse uh, 8, 10 or something like that, we who believe, are believers in him have already, as I've said earlier, received the promised gift of living water, the Holy Spirit. But you may be wondering, geez, Graham, I really don't know if it's kind of bursting out here. And I really sense it going whooshka out of me. And I'm, I'm, I'm not what you might call uh, sensing the spirit just really overflowing and going out of me and touching other people. And, and you know... Is anyone like that? They don't put your hand up. Is anyone like that this morning? I hope not. 
but you may be. Well, if you're wondering about that, if the Holy Spirit is living in me and asking the question, then why don't I experience the rivers of living water inside of me and flowing from me? Why is my life more like a trickle of water and not rivers of water? Let me suggest something. That to release, to release the rivers of the Spirit, we need to surrender ourselves and our lives to him. That's, that's what I didn't get. Guys, that's what I didn't get. You see, I was so busy praying to God and saying, what do you want me to do and what do you want me to do? I, I, I already had heard and knew that the first step, no matter where we are in life, whether we're flying high or we're down in the valley, the very first step you do is you surrender. You yield yourself to God. You give yourself to him. And so when we yield ourselves to him, then we begin to learn to walk and to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote in Galatians 5 and verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Walking is not spectacular, is it? I mean, surely, does this look spectacular? Look spectacular? Oh, come on, jeez. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was trying to do. It doesn't look spectacular, does it? You know, um, but Paul doesn't say leap (laughs) by the Spirit or fly by the Spirit. He says walk by the Spirit. That means each day and in every situation you yield. I yield myself to him, relying on him to work in and through us. That's the key. Every day. Every day. I know preachers get up and they say, guys, we need to be in the word of God every day. We need to be praying. We need to be not just in, a, in our quiet times, in those times that we set apart intentionally to, to worship and to, to be with the Lord and to read the word, but during the day we, we need to connect. We need to invite God into our situations. It's not just you know God in the morning or God at the evening. It's God right through the day. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm seeing many of you smile. Well, that's what you're doing. And so what it is that as you're doing that, you're drinking in of the Spirit, this Word of God. Oh my goodness. You know, sometimes I, when I read the Word of God, uh, I, I do this. I find myself doing that. And it, it just brings tears to me. Because I love this word of God. It's only, it's only print on paper that I'm doing this to. But oh, let me tell you, you and I, because this is what God has done. He's written his laws and his word on our hearts and upon our minds. And we love his word. 
And when we're in his word, the Holy Spirit's saying, drink, he's, he's, have another cup, have another cup, here's some more, here's some more. And when we're in prayer and we're standing before the Lord, the Holy Spirit is the one who is leading us and guiding us. He's prompting us in our prayers. And we're praying and all of a sudden we sense, don't we? We sense that it's no longer, oh God, I'm really in financial difficulty. It's God, you're amazing. God, you're awesome. God, you can meet every need. You're all powerful. You're the God of the impossible. The whole prayer changes course because the Holy Spirit is just watering your spirit. Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, let's walk by the Spirit. Well, you and I can experience the rivers of the Spirit as we allow him access into our lives, as we yield ourselves to him and and we rely on him, we look to him to to be at work in us. Now, I don't know. All I know is that after I leave here today, I'm going to have to have a sleep. (laughs) Because I don't think I could have given anything more of myself and yet I sense that the Holy Spirit has just been in me and hopefully flowing out of me. And that somehow the Holy Spirit has just been washing over you. And that perhaps to right now you're saying, Graham, 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 you've just described me in one. What do I need to do? Oh, well. Come and drink. That's all you need to do. Yield yourself to Jesus and come and drink. We're going to stand and we're going to sing um, 10,000 Reasons. Well, let me tell you, there is not 10,000 reasons why you shouldn't come and drink this morning. You should come. You should come. And I'm going to pray now and uh, I want to invite you to stand and I'll pray. No, I won't. Thank you. I will invite you to stand and invite you to pray. I invite the band to come back and I just want them to pray, to play. Just, uh, you know, uh, the intro of it all. I want you to stand. Can I invite you? Please stand. And you. You ask the Lord. You be honest with him. If you're thirsty, you tell him. Okay, you tell him. Jesus, I'm just so thirsty. And only you can satisfy me. Would you just pour out your spirit upon me and let the rivers of living water just flow out of me? I want to pray for the, the worship team because you know I'm sure they want to pray that as well. Father, I thank you for 
my sisters, my brothers, I thank you that they've led us so beautifully in worship. And I know, Lord, that you've spoken into each of their hearts this morning. And perhaps they're standing here saying, oh my goodness, I've got to give out and yet I want to receive. Father, I pray, would you pour out your spirit upon them? Lord Jesus, would you quench their thirst? Pray those things in Jesus' name. Now you pray, guys. And believe. Reach out to the Lord Jesus. Can't tell you how much he loves you. But then you know, he gave all for you.